0: church family so good to be back in uh, the pulpit to be here worshiping the Lord with you uh, physically present we've been with you you just haven't seen us online and we've enjoyed the times that uh, you have been together corporately and the various pastors that have come and preached and so so glad to see the church doing you know you did so well without me and that's a good thing you know yeah that's what you that's what you want but it is good to be back in the in the pulpit to preach God's word to you and to love on you publicly here, so we're going to look at the book of Jude today. You say, where does Jude reside? Well, if you go to the maps, you've gone way too far. Okay, if you go to the concordance, go to Revelation and just back up a little bit, <clears throat> and you'll find—excuse <clears throat> me—you'll find the book of Jude. So last Saturday, Ashley and I completed uh, seven weeks of uh, sabbatical rest, and we just want to publicly. Uh, thank you, church family, for allowing us uh, that luxury, that beauty of being able to unplug, unwind, and to really be rejuvenated and to uh, just hear from the Lord, to pray a lot, uh, to eat a lot of seafood, amen, and to be on the beaches there in Alabama and the Smoky Mountains. We had a fantastic time, and we do. Uh, we, I do. I uh, thank you, Ashley and I both. We're very, very grateful to our church and for allowing us uh, the time to get away. Now, I did not preach uh, I did not write any devotions, I did not uh, record any podcast, but one thing I did was write a sermon. You know, you just can't help it, you know, it's in you, it's in you, it's who you are. And so I wrote a message, and this is the message that I wrote, and I want to share it with you in less than two full hours. I know it's possible, I know it can be done. Hey, if you're wa- watching us online, God bless you, we love you, we thank you. I know many of you are members at Great Hills and you're not here. And we just know that we're thinking about you and we respect you and your decision. Some of you are very concerned about COVID and we get that. And we're trying the best we can with social distancing and with washing our hands and masks and cleaning the place. And so uh, as you worship with us online, just know that we welcome you. We're glad that you're here, okay, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, doesn't matter. We're just glad that you've tuned us in to worship God with us right here, uh, right now. So what is this message, Brother Danny, that God gave you uh, during this time of sabbatical? Well, it was, of all places, it's the book of Jude. I've never uh, preached through Jude. I've read it. I, I've preached a sermon from it, but I've never preached on this one uh, particular text. And here's the thing that God really revealed to me, and I'm, I'm so excited to share this with you. It's, you, you would think... Um, you would think all of us get this and we, we know this, but it was like the Holy Spirit was like pounding in me, say this, say this, yes, they know it, but yes, they need to be reminded of it. You need to be reminded of it. And, and basically in a nutshell, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then he said in John 15, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches and he who abides in me and remains in me will do what? Does anybody remember that text? Will bear much fruit. So while we were in South Africa in March for our niece's wedding, they got married in a beautiful vineyard, okay? I've never seen a wedding in a vineyard and with the background of those beautiful mountains there in South Africa. And we're walking along the vineyard, and you know what grows in a vineyard? Come on, Baptist, you know this, right? Okay, <laughs> amen. That would be grapes and so forth. And so I took a picture of this cluster of grapes. Uh, hanging uh, at, the, at the end of this branch. And as I looked at those grapes there, and I think we have another picture I want to show you. Look at that. Look at that vine. Look at that healthy, robust vine. You can't so much see the branches, but those branches are deeply connected into that vine. And as a result, you see this cluster Of beautiful grapes that will be harvested and it was like the Holy Spirit just brought all this to my mind and saying that is a picture of me and my church Jesus said I am the vine I have all the nourishment I have all the nutrients that you need and as branches as you abide in me and remain in me and find your nourishment in me you can't help you can't help but bear luscious fruit for the kingdom of God. What is that fruit? Well, we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the fruit of a righteous life. We talk about the fruit of dependency and when the world is falling apart and we are strong in Jesus. But one of the things that the Bible reiterates over and over as far as fruit is souls, okay? Souls for the kingdom of God. People who are far from God come near to God as we as the branches are abiding in the vine. And you say, was that the earth-shattering revelation that God gave you on the sabbatic, Brother, you didn't need seven weeks. You just needed a day to receive that from the Lord. What took you so long? Well, stay with me. Because in the book of Jude, it is reiterated, and it is stated in such a way, it's like, Lord, I've never seen this before, that as we are fellowshipping abiding in the love of God. Now watch this, church. We are being discipled by Jesus and by others in the church. Now watch this now. And we're growing deep and are strong in our faith. And as a result, we will go and be the church of God. We will be the light of the gospel. We will bear witness. We will fish for men. We will bring people into the kingdom. Let me me read it to you. Here it is. But you, he's talking to the church, beloved, agape toy. I love that. But you, church... Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Build yourself up. Don't, don't tear one another down. Look, the church of the living God is a place of health. It is a place of joy. It is a place when you come together, you ought to feel the presence of God and say, man, I'm so glad I got here, and man, I can't wait to go out and make a difference for Jesus Christ. Let me just ask you this. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that way when you come to Great Hills Baptist Church? Mm, Talk more about that in just a minute. Y'all interrupted me. Let me read my text, all right? But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying. Now, you got that right. You can't abide in the Lord and do great things if we're not praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves. Remain in God's love. Be saturated with the love of God, remembering, Great Hills Baptist Church, that you are deeply loved by God, that God so loved this world that he gave his only son. We believe we will have everlasting life. Now look, look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. In other words, look for that day for when Jesus Christ comes again. Now, stay, think about this. Build yourselves up in your faith Keep yourselves in the love of God. Pray fervently and always be looking for Jesus to come again. As you and I do that, here's what will happen. You you can't stop it. It's a mighty force of God. You cannot stop the triumphant church of Jesus Christ. As we are abiding, as we are praying, as we are building, as we are loving one another, and we're looking for the king to come, here's what we do, and we go get him. We just go get people. We share with people. We love people. We bring people into the kingdom of God. But on some, we have compassion, making a distinction. Another translation would be, and on some, you have compassion, and you help them with their doubts. You help them as they struggle. But watch this next verse. 23. Your promise still stands. (laughs) Verse 23, there you are. But others save with fear. Watch this. Pull them out of the fire. Get them. They're on their way to hell. They're on their way to a Christless eternity. And the church of the living God, may we go and fish for them. We grab them and we hate even the garments deviled, defiled by the flesh. And I was sitting in a condo in Orange Beach, Alabama, minding my own business, eating seafood like nobody's business. And the Holy Spirit said, are you ready? I'm about to lay it on you. And for two days, for two days, I just prayed and I studied and I read this passage of Scripture. And I'm so excited to be able to share this message with you. You know, it's not every week that as a pastor, something happens in the church that so vividly illustrates what I will be trying to communicate in the message. This past week, and with her permission, I'm going to share a true story. One of our church members shared the following that happened. In fact, she posted this on Facebook, so we know it's public where it's out, it's out there. Alicia Sparkman got in a car wreck. Okay, She was rear-ended. And she was hit so hard that the person who hit her, their airbag deployed, she hit the person in front of her. And so there was this pileup, there's this collision. Have you ever had that happen to you? I have, it's horrible. I'm just gonna tell you something. I was hit so hard one time behind me, there were like four cars hit. And so it just scares the eebie out of you. You're like, what has happened? What is going on? And this happened to her. A 19-year-old girl hit her from behind. She ran to me in hysterics, saying, I am so sorry over and over. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Alicia said, I kept calm and I reassured her, everybody's okay. Take a deep breath. And then I hugged her. And then Alicia said, I got back to my car. And then I got out of my car. And I walked back to her again and I asked her this question Do you believe in God? You said, wait a minute, well, hold on, time out. I just got re- rear-ended. I'm going to give them five of these, brother, where they sneeze. I, I tell you, I'm going to let them have a piece of my mind. I'm not worried about evangelism right now. I'm worried about getting even and lawsuits and insurance. And she went back to that 19-year-old girl, Alicia Sparkman, a member here at Great Hills Baptist Church, says, do you believe in God? She says, no. She says, not really. And Alicia said, can I pray with you? It's so funny. Atheists always want you to pray for them. It's so interesting. It's so amazing how mad atheists are at a God they don't believe in and how open they are to prayer to a God they don't believe. But, anyhow, that's another sermon. Anyhow, she prays over her. And then the young girl asks Alicia for another hug. So she hugged her. That night, Alicia gets a text from this girl. And just, they begin to communicate and just, and she just shared with her again how appreciative she was for the way that she treated her, even though she had run into her and it was clearly her fault. Now, this is what Alicia says. Even though it was an eventful day with all sorts of bad things happening, it didn't ruin my day and I was okay with it. In fact, I was actually excited. I got to pray over and be a positive example of a Christian to somebody else. I've been in a small discipleship group the last few months and I know without a shadow of a doubt that this, this is the reason why I felt compelled to pray over her. This small group of incredible ladies has helped me deepen my relationship with God and it has given me the strength and the courage to share my faith in ways I did not anticipate. If you've ever felt compelled to join a discipleship group, please reach out to Great Hills Baptist Church staff. You will not regret it. And here it comes, all caps. It is changing my life. Multiple, multiple exclamation points. So in order to have that spiritual depth, okay, and wherewithal, To witness when you don't feel like it. To share the love of God, even though you're in a pickle, even though you're in the crucible of a difficult situation. Now, come on, let's get real. Let's be honest. Many of you are looking at me like, man, that's just not me. I I don't have the spiritual abiding depth and roots to be able to live that kind of, hey, let let me just tell you something. Then this sermon is for you. In fact, I would say this whole church is for you because my passion for 10 years, my passion has been to pour into you, to develop you, to strengthen you, to make you deep in the Lord so that when the opportunity comes, just kind of a natural overflow of your relationship with God, you spill out onto other people. Now, I'm gonna, there's one really hard thing I want to say in the sermon. Will y'all give me the permission just to go ahead and get it over with and say it and let some of you go, just kind of get a little angry, get mad at me. Then you forgive me and we're okay. Is that all right? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I shared this with our new worship pastor, Brother Jeff, this week as we were praying for you and praying for this service. He said, say it, brother. Say it. Say it. All right, here it comes. Now I got to figure out what I say. <laughs> um If your prayer life and your devotional life and your small groups and your corporate worship does not lead you to share the gospel continually then you are not near as close to God as you think you are. Where did you get that? Jesus. How about that? Follow me and I will what? Ring, ring a man. Ask him, can we show that again? Ring, ring a man. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Jude says, do this. Build up. Look for His return. Pray. Come on, church. Build one another up. Keep yourselves in the love of God, and then you go get them. You snatch them out of the jaws of death itself, and you lead them to a relationship with Christ. If we are not doing that, we've missed it. We've missed it. Oh, go. wait a minute. You mean that church is, is not a love boat. Soon we'll be soaring down and up. The love boat. We're not a love boat. Man, we're a battleship. Man, we're preparing one another. We're building one another up so that when we go out into the world, man, we live for Christ. Not that we're beating people over the head, turn or burn, repent, get right, get left, you reprobate. No, that's not what we do. We get rear-ended and we go and pray over people and love people. That's, That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live. Okay, so in this text that I just read to you, there is only one imperative command. One. Look at it. See if you can figure it out. There are three imperatival participles that modify the main verb. You say, speak English, brother. What are you saying? The participles in English, we know what they do. are like adjectives. They modify, they support, they buttress the main point. There's only one command in verses 20 through 23, and it may surprise you what the commandment is. The commandment is actually, church, keep yourself in the love of God. Here's my translation. Abide in God's love. Just like that branch abides in that vine. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Remember that God loves you so very much that He saved you, watch this, and He called you and commissioned you to be a light, to be a gospel witness, to be the salt of the earth, to be the radiance, to be the radiant blast in a domain of darkness to be that diamond that is so brilliant up against the black velvet cloth of the jewelry. You ever notice that? That black cloth is so dark and ominous and you put that white diamond on it and it just, it just leaps off the velvet cloth and that's where we are. As we know who we are. I, I'm afraid sometimes we get this great spiritual amnesia and we forget to keep ourselves in the love of God, abiding in the love of God. And, and one writer put it this way. He says, this does not indicate that our salvation depends on us. No, not at all. For that would contradict what the scriptures say. Instead, and I'm quoting this writer, a believer is nurtured as he is occupied with God's love for him. Mm. And he or she is in fellowship with him. As John 15, nine and 10 says, we are remaining in his love. I really think sometimes we forget we forget who we are and whose we are. And because we forget and we're not abiding in the love of God, then we're not walking with God. We're not building up the church and we're certainly not out sharing our faith. So how can I help you with this? How can I help you keep yourselves in the love of God? Here's the three participles. You ready for them? Number one, he says, build up. Epoikodomeo, kodomeo, It's the Greek word for house. It's like we're all to be miniature General contractors and architects, we are to be edifying and building up the church of God. Now, let me read this text to you. Acts 20, 32 uses the same Greek word that Jude does. Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. There it is, oikodomeo, to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice it's the word of his grace. So you have the Word of God, you have the people of God, you have the nurturing of the Holy Spirit, you have us coming together collectively here on Sunday mornings and you are singing praise to God. Come on now, come on now you singing praise to God. While we're doing that, you should just be feeling the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You should be going, man, I'm glad I'm here. Hallelujah, I'm watching it on the, online. And man, I just sense the presence of God. And I, I feel the power of God. And, I, and I'm encouraged by what I'm singing and what I'm hearing. And the preacher gets up. And hopefully, he doesn't lull you to sleep and tell you a bunch of stories, but he preaches the word of God. And you feel yourself being, man, you feel yourself being energized and you feel yourself being deepened. And some of you feel yourselves being convicted. And you're going, ah, now what are you gonna do with that conviction? A lot of people say, man, get me out of here as quick as I can, because I gotta go somewhere that's gonna make me feel good about myself. Listen the best way to feel about yourself is to remember that God loves you and God's got a plan for you. He wants you to be a radiant blast of hope where you are. So we're building one. Another. I was listening to a podcast the other day, Jo Saxton. She is a Nigerian who lives in London and she has the coolest accent of anybody I've ever heard. It's amazing to hear her speak. She speaks all over the world. She's. Um, a phenomenal communicator, and she said this on this podcast. She goes, all of us need roots and wings. I was thinking about that. All of us need roots. We need depth. And we need people in our lives who help us go deep. God bless you, Becky D, for pouring into Alicia Sparkman God bless you girls, ladies in her discipleship group. You, you nurture one another. You encourage one another. God bless you. Roots help us go deep. What about wings? Wings are those people who, who say, look, you got this. Man, I'm encouraging you. God has a plan for you. I want to sponsor you. I want to encourage you. I want to champion you. Look, if the church has roots and wings... Man, we will build one another up. We will go deep with God and we will be able to do all those amazing things God wants us to do. Number two, what's the second participle? That is modifying the main verb of keep yourselves in the love of God. Come on, church, come on, think with me. Think deep with me, think deep with me. What's that second participle? Number two, it is pray in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a verse that will encourage you. It'll explain this verse for you. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. This is Ephesians 6.18. Do you see it? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. For me, this is prayer that is dominated and controlled by the Holy Spirit's leading. So, you couple a praying Christian who's being fed the nutritious word of God devotionally and sermonically. He is not, she is not being torn down and beat up, but they are being put together. Some some of y'all like Humpty Dumpty. I mean, y'all have Humpty Dumpty days and weeks. You just fall down and praise God. People, they come and they put your little self back together. They stick the arm here and they put the head back here. They the feet where the feet go and they just they just patch you up and say hey now there you go let's go out there and win somebody to Christ let's go out there and be the church of Jesus Christ how do we do that well we build each other and we're praying for one another and we're praying to God in the Holy Spirit Lord direct me lead me build me up oh God so that I can serve you well number three come on number three look look for the king he's coming again and you're going oh when when how where i don't know all i know is jesus said just as sure as i came the first time i am coming again the second time i don't know about you but i firmly believe he's a whole lot closer to come than we think he is he's going to come again i believe that With all of my heart, with all of my fiber, with all of my being, I had a 99-year-old great-grandfather. And I was watching him in a nursing home in Lawton, Oklahoma. I was 18 years of age, no, 17. I just graduated from high school and I didn't know the Lord, I thought I did. And I was looking at this old man who had written hymns, Jeffrey, in our hymn books. He had preached to the American Indians. And he's laying on that deathbed, and he goes, "The King is coming." I thought, Ooh, "Where is he?" I'm telling, I got nervous. I said, "If Jesus comes right now, it ain't gonna be pretty." And so I'm watching this old man who is my grandfather's dad talk about the King. He said, "We are living in the 12th hour. I mean, the 11th hour. And when the clock strikes midnight, the King of Kings is coming again." So, woo-hoo. man, that'll light a fire underneath you. And Jude says, "Hey, remember that." Remember that, that at any moment, at any moment, Jesus Christ could call his church and say, hey, you're out of here. And you go, I got chill bumps all over me. I believe this, y'all, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my being, that the Son of God, just as he promised, he came, he did, he's coming again. Mm, 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 mm. Watch this, watch this, watch me, watch me, watch this, watch this. If you are being built up in your faith, not torn down, if you remind yourself to who you are in Christ, you you know the love of God, you're experiencing the love of God. Look, 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 church, look at me real quick. You're praying in the morning. You're having that quiet time, that sweet time with Jesus. You're being discipled by another Great Hills Baptist Church member. Somebody is pouring into you, growing you, loving you. And then you've got this time of prayer in the Holy Spirit and you're, you're walking with the Lord and you just sense the presence of God and you're always looking that at any moment Jesus Christ could come again. What kind of Christian are you going to be? You're going to be salty. You're going to be strong. You're not going to miss opportunities to share your faith. Here's one thing that I'm just, God always convicts me on this. When the king comes, I don't want him finding me in a compromising situation. Should we just sing a hymn and go now? Is there anything else I need to say? Melvin, is that right? I'm so glad you're part of our church. I see you up there singing and praising God. I don't really know him. I'm surprised I remembered his name, but I, 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 I like this guy. I just see him smiling and smiling. Now, really think about it, Philip. Think about it. The king comes. He comes. Mark, he comes. What are you doing when he comes? Are you angry at somebody and you're fighting, fussing, mad, or you just... or you're with somebody? It's not your spouse. And the king comes. I'm telling you, a healthy understanding of eschatology, the coming of Christ, will keep you walking with God. Come on, church, y'all getting, y'all getting this with me? Building yourselves up, praying, looking for him to come, encouraging one another in the Holy Spirit, and, and keeping ourselves in the love of God. See, and then you show up, all right? Then you witness to people. Then you go and say, okay, Great Hills, pastors, staff. I've been a member here long enough. I know enough about the gospel. Help me disciple other people. I, it's time for me to be discipled. See, you do those things after you've done all of this foundational work. The reason... <laughs> the reason we're not doing all this great stuff for God and living for Him and sharing the gospel is we have grossly been negligent and conspicuously omitted the foundations of our faith. But the second part of the sermon is this. Having said all of that, here's what we're gonna do. Jude says, you're gonna do two things. You're gonna stand up and you're gonna show up. And you're gonna speak to some, and I forgot what I called this in my outline, so let me just go and find out what it is. I really liked it two weeks ago when I wrote it. Here it is. Number one is have compassionate intervention. Have compassionate intervention. He, in one translation, the ESV says, Have mercy on those who doubt. To others, show mercy with fear. Uh, Paul in, in Acts 16, 14. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was not an atheist, an agnostic. She was not a secularist. She was not a. A, 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 a raging, angry person at God. No, she was a person whose God's heart had prepared to receive the gospel. She was a seller of purple. She was a businesswoman from Thyatira who worshiped God. Oh, look, look, the Lord opened her heart Amen. to heed the things spoken by God. One writer puts it this way one must make distinctions between those who would need mercy and those who are in a more perilous state who must be snatched out of the fire. Just recently, God allowed me to lead two men to Christ in separate situations. The first guy was coming to spray my house for for bugs. We had a great conversation with him. He ended up giving his life to Christ. The other one was an Uber driver and got to share the gospel with him. He prayed, come on church. You get to lead somebody to Christ, right? They were like fruit hanging off the vine. They were like, just tell me what I need to do. And that God does that for us sometimes. He gives us those opportunities. But then there are times He leads you to some knuckleheads. He leads you to some hard hearts. I mean, some rocky terrain, spiritual soil. What are you going to do with those people? I'd say welcome to Austin, Texas, by the way. What do we do with those people? Well, Jude says, as you are being built up in your faith and you're praying and you're growing, you're being discipled, you're looking for the return of Christ, you will, you will do it. You will share with them. You will invite them to church. You will say, hey, can I pray for you? You will be rear-ended and say, and instead of getting angry, say, do you believe in God? You have those conversations, but it's only when, it's only when you're walking with the Lord. Can I just ask you this, have you ever been a vivacious, exuberant gospel witness when you were not walking with God? Well, the answer to that would be no. I call the second one direct confrontation. Jude says, save others by snatching them out of the fire hating even the garment stained by the flesh. It reminds me of Proverbs 24, 11. Watch this, we're almost done, but d- stay with me. Deliver those who are drawn toward death. Are y'all reading the same Bible? Do y'all see that? Deliver those who are being drawn toward death and hold them back. Hold them back from in a slaughter of eternity, of hell, a place with no love, no gospel. Hey, look, I know you can't save anybody. I know you can't literally make another person believe in God, but you sure can enough. Tell them, tell them. Say your blood is not on my hands for eternity. I'm at least telling you that God loves many loves you. He's madly in love with you. Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins and my sins. And all we gotta do is trust in him, believe in him, ask him for forgiveness and give your life to Christ. Mm, 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 mm. And you get to go to heaven when you die. That is the gospel, friend. That's, That's what God's called you and me to share. Do we always do it? No. Should we always do it? Somebody help me. Amen. So I go to the dentist. Every time I bite on this part of my mouth, it hurts. I'm laying in the chair on Wednesday. My mouth's wide open. And I'm thinking, oh, what pain. What is going on in my mouth? And I kid you not. The dentist, who's a friend of mine, I love him. He's very calm. He goes, Mm-hmm. And the hygienist goes, oh, no. (laughs) I'm trying to Dr. Diabody, what in the world? He goes, it's okay, it's okay. With her trained eye and his trained eye, they saw that I had fractured a root. You may ask, how do you fracture a root? To which I would respond, I'm special. I just, I have this ability to do this. Gary, can I get a witness here, brother? These dental implants. So I go to the endodontist in the morning and wow, I had no idea what all is involved in titanium implants and months and months. And this is going to be so fun. Wouldn't it be good if God just healed it? I would be thrilled with that and I wouldn't have to deal with all of this. But anyhow, I got bummed out. Are y'all with me? I was like, And how much is that going to cost? And she mentioned the thousands of dollars. I said, are you serious? It's just one little tooth. Come on. Can I just nail some titanium in there myself? And so I'm like, so I just go to my car. I get on the phone. I call the endodontist. I get an appointment. And I don't know what y'all do and you kind of get bummed out. I just go to the gym and I just swam as hard as I could. I lifted weights and I just got my mind off of the pain until the Holy Spirit said, Hello, hello. Did you talk to them about me? I was like, what? Did you at least offer to pray with the dental hygienist? Did you invite her to Great Hills? I said, no, Lord, I didn't do any of that because I'm mad. I'm, I'm upset. My tooth is bad, and I got to spend a lot of money. And then it, it's like the Holy Spirit was like, my mama. What are you preaching on Sunday? I was like, ouch. So I'm at the gym. I get my phone. <laughs> I said, no, you didn't. You didn't do it. Rick, I did. I called her. I called the dental office and said, can I speak with this person? And the receptionist said, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, is there, is there a problem? What, you know, patients just don't call after they leave, right? And I said, no, there's, there's no problem. I just need to speak with her. Well, she's with the patient. I said, Cool would you like for me to have her call you back? And I said, that would be great. Right before five o'clock, I get a phone call at the gym and it says the dental office. And I was like, yes. And I said, look, she goes, yes, can I help you? And it's very professional. And I was like, uh, you know, I just talked to you. I'm the patient. You, did, Yes, is everything okay? I mean, it's very professional. I said, yes, but I just need to, I just need to apologize to you. And she says, For what? And I said, You see, I always, I always try to talk to people about Jesus. I, I either try to pray for them or I try to invite them to my church. I always do that. And I neglected you. I didn't say anything to you about the Lord, about prayer, about church. Church, let me just tell you something there was a silence on the other end of the phone that you would not believe. It was just deadly silent. And I said, really, I just, I just want you to forgive me. And while I have you on the phone, can I just pray for you? Is there anything that I can pray for you about? And she goes, wow. Yes, there really is. And so she told me the request and I prayed for her and then I went back to working out. You see, church... Dude, I'm not there. I wish. I wish I wish I was where Alicia was this week. I mean, it happens, boom. Instead of getting sour about it, just being praying and the Holy Spirit saying, whoop, Jesus could come at any moment, being built up in my faith, growing, growing. Then I stopped right then and right there. <laughs> One time I got towed, my, my truck got towed, my car got towed at the Southern Baptist Convention. along with about 15 other pastors. They had a sign on the door that said, on the wall, this humongous building, and a sign that big that said, oh, in small print, if you park here, you will get towed. Nobody saw it, and so they were just racking up. I mean, they were just towing, towing, towing. This guy picked me up, and I said, well, could you take me to my car? And he said, yeah. And uh, so we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm driving with him, and the Holy Spirit gave me the wherewithal to tell him this. Man, you got bad news for me, but I got great news for you, and I got to share the gospel with him. That's where I want to be. In every situation, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, here in this great city where the vast majority of the people, God is not on their radar. They don't have a church home. They are not being discipled, and they're certainly not discipling somebody else because they don't know the Lord, and they get introduced to a Great Hills Baptist Church member. I would love for you to, in that moment, to be so walking with the Lord that you take the initiative and the opportunity to share with them. Is that all right? Is that okay? Okay, good. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's have an invitation. Man, let's do business with God. Let's, um, let's, not, let's not let this moment escape us. I, I believe the Holy Spirit really is speaking to some of you. And I know he spoke to me and I know what it feels like. I know what conviction feels like. And I know that it's only from a loving heavenly father who wants us to, he wants us to soar. He wants us to do better. So can I just pray with you? I am, I'm just gonna pray with you, for you. There's a couple things I wanna share with you. If you have not been discipled, Please let somebody know that. This staff, our whole staff, is inexorably committed to making disciples. All of us are in the process of discipling other people. Would you just let one of your staff know that you are a follower of Christ, you're a member at Great Hills, but you you want to go deeper with the Lord. You want to have somebody else pour into you so that you can grow in your relationship with Christ, okay? If you are a member at Great Hills, Holy Spirit's already been speaking to you. He's been, he's been prompting and encouraging you, and you're ready. Many of you have, I've discipled many of you. Many of you are ready. Man, you know far more gospel and doctrine than you, can, than you even know that you know. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. The Holy Spirit would put it on your heart. He would put people in your mind. That you can start helping them grow and mature in their faith. And then I'm gonna pray for you, church, that we all would just, I mean, be gospel witnesses when we leave this place. Man, we'd be doing random acts of kindness. We'd be buying meals for people. We would be praying over people. We would be inviting people to church. We would be saying, hey, come on, come on, come online with us. I mean, we're always online. You can check us out. I mean, there's so many rich opportunities. And to the degree, stay with me now, your head's bowed and your eyes closed. Here it comes. Here comes a one, two heavenly punch. Just come on, hold up, hold up with it. To the degree that you're walking with the Lord is the degree that you will live for the Lord. So Father, I'm praying. I pray for me, Lord, Mr. Pastor, Reverend Doctor, who misses opportunities. Please forgive me, God, and help me do better. Help me, Lord, not to miss any opportunities and I pray the same thing for our church and finally oh come on now who are you and what's your name what is your name watching us online I I sense it in my spirit oh I sense this really having this gift of prophecy I feel it in my heart somebody somebody needs to repent And call on the name of the Lord right now, right, right now. Don't wait. Are you here? Are you there? Where are you? He's coming, Fred. Look, look, just as if it's me talking to you, he is coming. Get ready. Don't wait to get prepared. Be prepared. Receive Christ now. Lord, we love you. We, we commit our time to you. This invitation, Lord, I'm just so excited to stand with my church family in a moment and sing to the top of my lungs the praise be to God. So Jeff, you come on and lead us. And this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's stand up. You ready to sing? Let's sing to the Lord. Let's sing praise to his name. As God just galvanizes, man, as he solidifies what he has spoken to you through his word.